0: In part two of our series on the Menendez brothers, we detail the growing tension between the boys and their father, Jose. We'll discuss the grisly crime scene where Jose and Kitty's bodies were found shot to pieces, and we'll look at the erratic behavior of Lyle after their deaths, as well as the bizarre confession from Eric.
1: I'm
2: Mike. I'm Ian.
1: And I'm Dave. The biggest question surrounding tonight's episode is the same one potential patrons are asking themselves prior to subscribing. So stick around. As Shakespeare would say, to pay or not to pay? That is the question. This is Necronomapod.
2: No signs of a break-in or a burglary,
3: only the bodies of entertainment executive Jose Menendez and his wife Kitty in the family TV room, torn by shotgun blast that one of the neighbor kids heard.
4: It sounded like pop, pop, pop.
3: Their college-age sons, 19-year-old Eric and 22-year-old Lyle, said they found the bodies after a night at the movies. But new evidence, ranging from records of the family psychologist to a movie script about a rich kid who kills his parents, now indicates the brothers did it. Cleveland's Watchdog. We're not going to talk about recyclables. We're talking raw garbage investigating, investigating your concerns
0: how do you even know what the f- up, you
2: f- yeah. he won't back down try to be fair to you. i don't want to i'm trying
0: You're to not. be fair too, yeah. mr monday
2: now for the next hour
3: it's the best of carl monday
0: can you imagine if that was our show <laughs> Just for the next hour we do the best of carl monday <laughs> the listeners win at that point
1: everybody wins at that's that a point. big win We haven't talked about our friend Carl Monday in a while. Our local hero, Carl Monday. He is a hero. He is a hero.
0: I I wish that one day I can rock a trench coat (laughs) as well as he does.
1: Do you think he wears it all the time? I hope so. I think he he put it down when he retired. Oh, Uh, he
0: retired the the microphone and he turned in his trench coat? (laughs) I think he did.
1: I think he's wearing Bermuda shorts and... uh, (laughs) I don't think he's spending winters in Cleveland anymore. You keep up on him. Where is he going to live now? I don't know. I just I suspect he doesn't live here in the winter though.
0: A few Mm -hmm. months ago, you sent us a random picture of him with like a fan at a bar, and I responded back, "Dave, are you just randomly looking up photos of Carl Monday?"
1: And you're like, "It's a good question." (laughs) Yes, I am. It was not his Instagram page. (laughs) It's a good dude, Carl.
0: Uh, Uh, He's a bad, bad, um, badass dude. Um, but it's the uh, like 40th anniversary or something of, Of you you explain it, Dave. We weren't alive. It's the from
1: 1984, 40th anniversary right around today of, uh, the greatest Carl Monday clip where he approaches city council president, George Forbes about his unpaid water bill. (laughs) (laughs) George Forbes is not very happy about it. And, uh, Got a great interaction with Carl. I got two clips here. So, go ahead. All right, the first clip is Carl approaching and asking the initial question to George. George answers him, and he then he he walks into like city council chambers, and I think he rethinks it. He's a little pissed off. Then he comes back out. Comes back. We've got part two of the <laughs> clip where he he's got a he's got a little bit more to say to Carl about his uh, very rude questioning.
0: And so at the time, there was a lot of people not paying their water bills, and their water was getting shut off. Correct. George Forbes was not paying his water bill, and his water was not shut off. And old Mr. Monday believed there might have been some tomfoolery going on. 100%. So he's going to get to the bottom of it, as a good investigative journalist does. That's right. Because Clevelanders deserve to know this is their city council president, maybe using his overreaching with his power and his authority
1: to keep his water on. One might think that even the city council president, if he did not pay his water bill, should also have his water shut off. I think Carl asks him that. I believe he does. <laughs> Here's the first clip. Okay. You us regular. George, you got one second. one second? just want to ask you a question. We're doing
3: a tax on collect- I'm collecting overdue bills for the city. Uh, you know it's the number of councilmen haven't paid their water or sewer bills yet. Cash flow problem. Is that why you haven't paid yours? I didn't know it wasn't paid. But this well, so it's about, about a year since you paid a water or a sewer bill, For instance. this, it's $500. It's a long way, from 2000 I would have one time. So you say you are paying off your bill? No, I didn't say that. But it says here you haven't paid your bill in a year. That's what you said. I'm not aware of that. No big problem, you know. The city ain't gonna go bankrupt. Well, don't you think it's a bad example to set? No, I do not. I don't have the money. You don't have money to pay a $400 water bill? I do not have the money okay did you hear me well, on the time of australia you, don't you think it's said we owe 440 i do not have the money you say you don't have money to pay your bill did you hear me but your water your, your water's still on though isn't it yeah well should don't you think your water should be turned off if you're not paying your no bill? it should not be <laughs> <laughs> he walked away
0: from him into the he stays so calm yeah Carl, like just like and he's just like matter of factly just asking like he's hanging out with a buddy yeah
1: george forbes is a you know back in those days a legendary cleveland political figure there's another incident of him throwing a chair across the room at somebody i think in a city council meeting (laughs) something like that but he was a character george forbes (laughs) seems like it i think he uh, went in the chambers and he uh gave it a second thought stewed
0: a little bit (laughs) and got hot like this little (laughs) fucking dweeb is out there asking me these questions (laughs) That's not what I said. He comes out ready to fight.
1: Oh, yeah. So here's the conclusion of. uh, Well, Carl Carl
2: made him look real dumb. Just by
1: asking. He did. Rational questions
2: in a calm, gentle tone. Like he got that guy to say that, no, your water shouldn't be turned off if you don't pay your bill. Meanwhile, uh, literally other Clevelanders water was getting shut off daily.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: So like five years from this this time period george forbes ran for mayor and he lost and a lot of people think it had something to do with this he pro- claimed so as well yeah with this profanity-laced diatribe <laughs> he's about to go on here that we're, gonna, <laughs> we're about to listen to It's <laughs> classic george forbes here's the rest of this and one of these days you're gonna
3: corner me and i'm gonna kick your ass okay and one of these days you're gonna corner me and i'm gonna kick your ass well, don't you think that's a legitimate question, George? I mean, you're, not I gave you, you're not the only you the only Wait a minute. I gave you an legitimate answer. You asked me about my water bill. What did I tell you? said you didn't have the money. But your water is still on, isn't it? Now, that was uh, my fucking answer to you. But I don't think everybody has that luxury of uh, having their water. Tough shit. Okay, now, one of these days you're going to corner me and I'm going to kick your ass. Now, keep, keep fucking with me, okay? Now, I'm telling you, keep fucking with me. You're not the only one, George. Sir. I'm not Perhaps talking about George. anybody else but you. Now, I gave you a goddamn answer. And I asked you a follow-up question. That's I fine. gave you a fucking answer. Now, one of these days, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And it might be this goddamn one. Now, you got your fucking answer. Now, get out of my goddamn face. Thank you. <laughs> I ain't bullshitting with you. Now, I'll take that fucking camera and wrap it around your goddamn head. Now, what are you think you going to grab me in a fucking minute? No, i give you my fucking answer, okay? Okay.
4: We gotta now, I ain't
3: bullshitting you. with you. You gotta cause... be. Now, you scared him, yeah. but I'll kick your goddamn ass, boy. I ain't bullshitting with you. Son of a bitch. Now, you, you hang around with me if you want. Now, you think I'm bullshitting
0: with you. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, two things on that. One, <laughs> I like how he, he threatens to kick his ass and says, no, get the fuck out of my face. He came back into Carl's face. He did. It was over. Yeah. Two, in that that little update documentary, they almost make it seem like Forbes didn't know when he came back out that the camera was still running.
1: Thought it was off the record, maybe?
0: Carl just goes, We told him just to keep running the tape. We didn't know what <laughs> was going to so, happen. Yeah. <laughs> like this is gonna be good. So the, I don't know if Forbes knew that camera was on or not, but yeah. they made it seem like he he didn't know. Yeah. Not making an excuse, just saying, you know, maybe he thought it was off and can get away with yeah. more.
1: And then Carl. Monday won an Emmy, I believe, for all this water bill reporting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And George Forbes always felt that he deserved the Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> instead of Carl. <laughs> That's not so how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a clip of that meeting like years later and Carl brings George Forbes the, the Emmy. Yeah, he gives it to he him. gives oh, it really? to him. Forbes
0: loved it. He thought yeah. it was hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a
1: funny guy, George Forbes. So good stuff. Carl yeah. almost got his ass whooped into Cleveland City Hall. I think he
0: must have said about 15 <laughs> times. I'm going to whoop your
4: ass.
2: Oh. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. He has a lot of balls just walking up to people. He does, like man. Like that one with that cop that was uh, just chilling at home yeah. on the clock. Yeah. Like he just straight up walked up and knocked on that guy's door.
1: He's like he didn't get shot.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: In his mind, he's like that would have made for great TV. Yeah,
2: yeah. right, right. Good he, know don't, he, don't,
0: he don't want an Emmy. Yeah. yeah posthumously. And then he shot me through the door. (laughs) Here's news clips from my funeral held just last Tuesday. As you can see, several thousands of people showed up to mourn my loss. But the real losers here are the Cleveland police.
1: (laughs) With maniacs on their payroll like the one that killed me. How can Clevelanders ever feel safe?
0: Stop! We can't talk about him dying. That's that's not okay. I won't sleep tonight.
1: I have uh, one make good from last week. If you'll indulge me, mm. we talked about the shooting and skiing. Mm-hmm. I called it the decathlon. Obviously, that means ten, and the correct uh. event is the biathlon, which means two. So slip of my tongue. Decathlon
0: could have meant the total distance they had to go. Could have just went mm. ten miles Sure. And sure. shot. Bow and arrow, but okay.
1: Biathlon,
0: biathlon, All right. real weird yeah. fucking Olympic event.
1: Really weird. And Mike, uh, several people let us know the character you couldn't remember with the movie John Speedwick. That's the movie we wrote. We were talking about it last oh. week. You couldn't remember John <laughs> Speedwick. Yeah,
0: but what was the movie? What was the the that's the, the character, whole premise? John Speedwick. I I know that that was going to be the name of the movie. Speedwick. But I don't remember what was the movie about. We had a whole story. John Speedway. That fucking is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good name
1: for a movie. (laughs) I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. We buried Jose last week, more or less. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say that all, not all, but most of that testimony, not testimony, most of those accusations slash stories came from the boys who were trying to beat a murder rap. I mean, some of them are corroborated with
2: other family members and stuff, but for the most part, it's their word, right? Yeah, obviously Jose can't defend himself, yeah. and neither can Kitty. Um, well, like f- Ian
0: said last week, like nobody came to his defense in any testimony. They couldn't find true, anyone true. to speak good
1: of him. Yeah. Mm. I just think it's fair to note that, you know. All those stories came from the boys who were trying to portray him in the worst light possible in order to beat a murder rap. So something we should mm-hmm. take into consideration, I think, is we're not to say they're not all true, but just
2: you know, in fairness to the truth. Where we left off on part one, Lyle and Eric Menendez had gotten caught breaking into houses in Calabasas and stealing $100,000 worth of jewelry and cash. To avoid jail time, Eric took all the blame since he was a minor. Eric was 17 at the time and Lyle was 20. Their father, Jose, paid one of the victims $11,000 in cash to replace the items that the brothers had pawned off. On their way home, according to the brothers, Jose made it very clear that if they embarrassed him like that, again, he would kill both of them. At that point, the family moved to a huge mansion in Beverly Hills due to the embarrassment and word spreading around there was no way that Jose was just gonna stay behind in Calabasas. And because you talked about Jose being like, like we said, not being here to defend himself, this threat of killing the boys, that is coming from them. Yeah. That's the only people that's coming from, and you have to take their word for it that it was a real threat. That they truly believed what he was saying. Okay. You have to take their word for that. He could have never said those words
1: yeah right i just you know wanted to point out that it's one side of the story we're getting here yep and it's fair to at least point out
2: fast forward a year or so to the summer of 1989 at this point lyle was 21 and eric was 18 years old we talked about on part one jose was right at the very top of live entertainment and just an example of how important jose was to the company they invested in a key man life insurance policy that would guarantee that if Jose died, the company would continue operating without worrying about going under or, or having any real issues. That policy was worth fifteen million dollars. Well, Live also purchased a personal policy for Jose's family that was worth five million. Don't tell your kids that. Well,
1: <laughs> they, they don't need to know how much of your life insurance policy is <laughs> worth. <laughs> And also, we purchased a Keyman life insurance policy for uh, Declan Cool Down Media for a hundred dollars, so we can <laughs> get through the two months of not having him around until we found a replacement. That's that can get us six months based on the work Declan's done.
0: <laughs> Send your resumes in. We'd love to replace him and just fucking bury him out back. <laughs> I'd fucking do it. Man, I fantasized about this. Jesus. I would go I'd go straight casino style the way they do Pesci. Oh my <laughs> god. Fucking just beat him till he's still breathing, still alive, and just fucking bury him alive. And his tidy whiteies. Oh. Well, he does wear tidy whiteies. <laughs> all fucking poop stained. I don't think I want to strip him, but oh man. You take him down to your house to bury him in the backyard? No, no. We'll find a spot. I don't spot. want my tomato plants being fertilized yeah. by dead Declan. We'll find a good spot. Right. Fucking put him in the trunk like like in Goodfellas. We'll do a little Goodfellas little casino. Put him in the trunk. <laughs> fucking stab him a few times. Take him out to the country. Keep him just alive enough that he knows he's being buried alive, oh, but he's so weak he can't do anything about it. I'm, not, I'm half chubbed right now. I'm half chubbed right now. <laughs> You're sadist. We just need to replace him first. So we'll find somebody.
1: Have him train as come, a Come to this friendly
0: work environment. <laughs> You'll be so loved and cared for. It's positivity all around. Unless you fuck up and we'll bury oh. you alive.
4: <laughs>
2: <Jesus>. <laughs> Once school let out for the summer in 1989, Lyle flew back from Princeton. And even though for most of that semester, he had help with his homework from his friend Donovan Godot, he was hovering right above failing. So Lyle was put on academic probation.
1: This dumb motherfucker's got someone doing his homework. He still can't pass.
2: Well, that Donovan Godot guy, that's who he was really close with. And Jose didn't, you know, according to everybody, Jose didn't love that idea. Yeah. But he didn't mind Donovan because Donovan would do sure. Lyle's homework. Someone's going to do it.
1: Kitty's not around to do it. Imagine that he's taking up a spot at Princeton for some, you know, someone who deserves to be there. Fucking douche. Mm-hmm. You we wonder we how much of that. that goes on, really? Yeah,
0: we talked about that last week. I think we did. Yeah,
2: legacy people, rich people, legacy people. Lyle was also in trouble with Princeton for a bunch of pool tables that got wrecked during a party that he threw. He was in some trouble for drunk driving and got his license suspended. He got the Mendendez's country club membership at Princeton taken away because he and Donovan went out in golf carts and just started doing donuts and stuff, tore up the course. (laughs) Then on top of all that, his girlfriend, who he wanted to marry, but Jose wouldn't allow it, got pregnant. According to Lyle, Jose pushed for an abortion and gave Lyle's girlfriend $100,000 to have the abortion. After that, Lyle was forbidden to speak to her again.
1: Hundred grand, not bad.
0: Not a bad payout. Not bad at all. Being forced to have an abortion, maybe not so great.
1: What's an abortion? Eight hundred bucks back then. Uh, had ninety nine thousand no dollars left.
0: Not too shabby. Never mind the emotional trauma. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> you really want to have that douche Kyle or Lyle's kid? Come on, she made the right call. They were weren't they together for a while though?
0: Was this the one, or am I mixing that up with Eric? They went to Europe and played tennis. Yeah, and mm-hmm. same person, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah? Uh, clearly, she liked him. Yeah, she kept coming back, even though her father. Did everything in his fucking power to get rid of her. Let's be honest, she dodged a bullet, right? Well, of course she ended up dodging a bullet. Come on. But at the time, she didn't know that.
2: Eric wasn't in any trouble that summer. He had just graduated from Beverly Hills High School
0: Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 90210 theme song, <laughs> Beverly Hills <laughs> High School, no, no, uh-huh. anybody, Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> don't like that one either. <laughs>
2: I never watched that
0: show. I know of it. I've not heard. I, I would not have guessed that. I did not well, see maybe that Maybe he show. went to school with Brandon and uh, <laughs> Dylan and, and Donna and <laughs> They all Kelly. sound like rich fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, hey, my name's Dylan. Okay. <laughs>
2: all right. That was a fail.
0: Never mind. Other people will get that. (laughs) Not us.
4: (laughs) Mm -mm.
2: For the first couple months of summer, Eric competed in various tennis tournaments. In August, he came back to Beverly Hills to get ready for college. Eric had been accepted into UC Berkeley, but Jose made him go with UCLA because they had a better tennis program. And he was right there to
1: keep an eye on him.
2: Yeah. Regardless of Eric not being in any trouble... Jose allegedly told both of them that he was going to write them out of his will and they would get nothing. The last will that Jose made was in 1980. And it said that in the event that Jose and Kitty both died, everything would be left to Lyle and Eric. So now Jose threatened to give them nothing. And that was corroborated by Jose's brother-in-law, Carlos Baralt. Carlos said that he and Jose had talked about writing Lyle and Eric out of the will And Carlos left that conversation believing that it was a done deal, that both brothers had been written out. Well, who
1: would get the money then?
2: I don't know. What
1: are those fellows going to do? Let's be honest. He had a lot of kids. You think there were other illegitimate
0: kids that he Uh, was going to send that money to? He was having a lot of cheating going on. He probably was taking care of quite a few families.
2: Eh, It could be something of that. He did have a lot of affairs. Yeah, I think uh we touched on that last week. Yeah. A lot of that going on. Well it's not like
1: Lyle and Eric would ever be able to support themselves. They don't know what it's like in the real world. What would happen to those boys? <laughs> I don't come on, Jose. No based way, on Jose. This, no it way. Does not
0: sound like Jose <laughs> would
1: care. You're right, Mike. He's an uncaring
2: individual. So it seems. Hmm. The brothers say that they don't they don't care about being written out of the will. They didn't believe <laughs> yeah. well, that's what they say. They didn't believe Jose would do that. Um, so they were calling his bluff. Yeah, and they already had a very high spending limit. One of the examples was that each of them had a $250,000 credit card from Jose. <laughs> so I, I I can see there being some truth to that maybe, that they're like, yeah, he's not going to write us out of the fucking will. We, have, we carry around like half a million dollars.
1: Yeah, can you
0: imagine that? We give Declan... Two dollars and fifty (laughs) cents (laughs) a week.
2: He's got to save up two weeks to get a pop in and chips.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) come on. Those are delicacies. (laughs) Food is a delicacy, Declan. (laughs) Well, that kind of good food. He can have old Cheez-Its and fucking Dasani
2: bottled water. Dasani is the worst one. I don't like it. That's why I give it to him. (laughs) We talked about the abuse last week, handed out by Jose, and we'll talk about more next week, different allegations and, and things. But there seemed to be something more going on in the house. Kitty had purchased two 22 rifles and kept them in her closet, as well as locking her bedroom door at night. She didn't just stop at the bedroom door either. Eventually she took away Lyle and Eric's keys to the mansion, and they couldn't come home unless Kitty let them in. Something is causing that.
1: Yeah. It's, is that normal rich people behavior? I don't think so. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, man. After hearing this story and then hearing all this Vince McMahon news, like I think rich people just live in their own bubbles. The world does not exist to them. They create their own
2: worlds. That's true.
0: So uh, it's weird to us, but to them it's like, oh, well, this, is, this is how we live. Yeah.
2: Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah.
1: It's a, yeah, di- it's a different it's existence.
0: Exactly.
1: But locking the boys out of their own house, oh, it's kind of weird. Get them an apartment for a couple mil. If you don't Uh want them there, let
2: them live in the beach house.
1: Yeah, or the pool house.
2: I mean, but Jose wants to keep an eye. Very, very controlling.
0: Mm. Why was she locking them out though?
1: Which just she was zannied up, or again, this is what they
2: said.
0: Yeah. Well, I just didn't know if they said a reason why. If there was something that happened with them
2: we talked on part one about how kitty abused xanax with alcohol and whatever else that she was on she also had a psychiatrist part of lyle and eric's punishment for breaking into those houses was that they were required to undergo therapy kitty's psychiatrist recommended dr jerome O'Zeal, which jose had to have control of this setup just like everything else eric was made to give dr O'Zeal permission to share everything with Jose, anything that was talked about during their sessions. Oh, that's healthy,
1: sure. <laughs> Good idea.
2: And Jose also coached Eric and what he was allowed to say during these sessions. And like this is true, this that Dr. Oziel guy testified to this stuff. Okay.
1: Was this guy like therapist to the stars or
2: something like that or just uh I don't know, really. Yeah. He's a very problematic person to say the least. We're going to talk about him All a right. lot in part 3. Um, Through the trials, we know some of what was going on between Kitty and her therapist based on the therapist's notes. On July 19th, 1989, so it would be a month before the murders, Kitty told her therapist that she was worried about both brothers' mental states. Specifically, the notes said that she feared that they were, quote, narcissistic, lacked consciences, and exhibited signs that they were sociopaths. On August 19th, 1989, Menendez family rented a boat from Marina del Rey and went shark fishing. We'll talk about this day in more detail in part three, and the captain of the ship corroborates all of this. The whole family seemed off. Lyle and Eric stayed at the front of the boat, huddled together the whole time. Even as the weather got really shitty, they got soaking wet, they just stayed together at the front of the boat, and they never fished. Jose and Kitty stayed in the cabin together the whole time, and neither of them fished. So, a shark fishing trip with no one fishing. Boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the captain of the boat's just like, all right. Yeah, all right, I'm getting paid, I guess. Going mm-hmm. to get a nice suntan. I've been shark fishing ocean. That's a lot of fun. Man, I was just about to make a joke about how much money do you have to have
1: to be able to go <laughs> shark fishing? <laughs> so, this will be an Ian and I conversation. <laughs> You get right. You get on shore. They slice it up. You eat it raw right on the dock there immediately after it's you know out sharp. Of water. Good. Oh, it's delicious. Isn't?
2: It? Oh yeah. So you're just eating it raw right on the right beach.
1: Out, yep. Right out of the fish's belly.
2: Hmm.
1: Yum. Yum. It was not that expensive. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Mm, sounds like it'd be pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a
0: relative comment to me. <laughs>
2: Kitty was also reportedly angry that there was a captain and crew. It sounds like she was under the impression that Jose would have been sailing or maybe there was just going to be one captain and that's it. But Mm. that's according to Eric. So, you know, were they all well trained
0: in dealing with capturing sharks and then slicing them up Mm. that she just expected? Oh, we'll handle this without a crew. I fucking wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. I just want to eat it. Yeah, I just want to be the after. I don't even want to catch it. Just oh. bring it on shore. I'll eat that. <laughs> I'll go
1: catch. It. I enjoy fishing. But do you think they had planned to throw both boys overboard, and suddenly they had a captain on board, and they couldn't do it? So we'll
2: we'll talk about it
4: in part Uh-oh. three.
1: But did I stumble on something <laughs> here?
2: That's what they're going to claim. But the, why? Th- this is more than just mm. this trip.
0: If Jose wanted his own boat to do that, then. He would have done it is my initial thought. Why would he even have somebody else on the boat? Clearly, this guy manipulated things
1: to be the way he wanted. In this situation, he didn't. If you know how to drive a boat, you can run a boat and you don't need a captain. Right. So if he wanted Unless to Unless he was that. trying to make
0: it look like an accident, like, oh, we had a witness there. The boys fell overboard. Like, okay.
1: oh, they, yeah. right. sure, sure.
0: I think we're getting ahead of, butt, or I'm getting ahead of. We'll wait
1: till their accusations next week.
0: Yeah. We'll have the same conversation, except we won't, because I won't remember a single thing
2: that we just discussed. If we believe it's just like that the, they weren't going to kill the boys and that this is just a, a fishing trip, it it reminds me of that really kind of stuck-up, shitty, rich family. Like everybody's throwing a temper tantrum. That could like, be, Like yeah. they're having a bad day, sort of like, yeah. fuck you, and they went and stayed at the front of the boat the whole time. Yeah. Or George and Kitty got in a fight, and
4: they're...
1: Pissy and sat inside, and you know, Lyle and Eric didn't have enough cocaine, right? So they were in a pissy mood. They didn't want to fish because, yeah, yeah, who
0: knows? Do you guys, we might have talked about this when I was watching. Did you guys watch Schitt's Creek? I no. did. Uh-huh. I think it was hilarious, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of that like a very well off to do family that loses their money and has to live in a motel, yeah, in what Schitt's Creek in mm-hmm. what is it, Canada, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a Canadian show. And they're just all pissy and whiny and moany mm-hmm. about like having to live with the commoners. It's really fucking good. I think mean, it's on Hulu. That's what it reminded me of when you said that. I've heard that's real good.
2: On August 20th, 1989, Lyle and Eric got up early and practiced tennis. Afterwards, they watched some tennis on TV and then got cleaned up to go shopping at a fancy Beverly Hills mall. Mm, what would you doing? I can't even imagine living that life where like you have half a million on you. Yeah. Right. Like you're just going out to hang out for the day. And
1: walking down Rodeo Drive like a uh, pretty woman. <laughs> <laughs> you work on commissions, right? Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'd be quite nice. And I'd yeah. be fucking rolling up to that food court making it rain at Spar. <laughs> like give me all those large pizzas. Spar. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man.
2: before heading out Lyle left a message for their friend Perry Berman on his answering machine. Perry Berman was their former tennis coach and a friend of theirs Lyle said that he wanted to get together that evening and he'd call again later. Perry heard this message at 1pm and then called back Jose answered the phone and told him that the brothers were out shopping at the Beverly Hills Center Mall Lyle called Perry back around 5pm and said that they should hang out that night Perry said he was down to hang out, but he already had been planning to go to Taste of L.A. in Santa Monica, which was a big uh, food festival. Oh, that sounds good. Perry said he was going with a friend of his, Todd Hall, but Lyle and Eric were more than welcome to join. Lyle said, all right, he and Eric were going to go to the movies first, and they'd be at the festival around 10 p.m. The brothers ate dinner at home, and around 8 p.m. they left to go to Westwood Village to see License to Kill, but they said that the lines were too long. So they went to Century Hill Mall to see Batman. License to Kill. Good movie. Batman. Batman. Good movie. Mm -hmm.
0: License to Kill. That's what Hulk Hogan, Pamela Anderson, and John Voight, right? No. Uh (laughs) Excuse (laughs) me. That's incorrect. (laughs) Sorry.
4: (laughs) Took a shot.
1: Took a (laughs) shot. (laughs) It's uh, Timothy Dalton's second movie is James Bond. I did know it was a James Bond movie, actually.
0: (laughs) I would not have guessed Timothy Dalton. I don't think I would have guessed Timothy Dalton as a Bond. Well,
1: you would be wrong, then. Was that so? That's yeah. Michael Keaton Batman, right? 89. Mm. Yeah, that was good. shit. I saw that at the theater. I liked those first
0: two Michael Keaton good. Batmans. Yeah. In my mind, it's like it's the Michael Keaton two, and then it's Christian Bale, that trilogy. Oh, yeah, those are my Batmans. Yeah, I refuse to see anything else. Not a George Clooney Batman. I guy. saw the George Clooney, and then who was after him? Val Kilmer. I saw those yeah. like as a kid, but like mm, laughable. And yeah, then I'm not gonna go back and rewatch those ever again. I, I don't even think I ever watched those. I've seen Christian Bales, obviously, and loved those. I will not watch the Ben Affleck. I know you guys like the Twilight Dude ones, right? I never watched that. Which
1: one? Robert Pattinson Batman?
2: Oh, I love that. Those are good. supposed yeah, I to be that. good. I've still I, not I just, seen that. It was real good. I, I
0: so Christian Bale is my Batman right now. I'm not ready to move on yet. I understand. Give me a few decades before I get I a get new it. Batman. I get it. But yeah, I think maybe it was you then that said you really yeah. enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, he's a good Batman. Over at the Taste of L.A. around 10.20 p.m., Perry and Todd said, fuck it, and they left. Lyle and Eric never showed up. It didn't take very long for Perry to get home. It was like 15 minutes. He got into bed to go to sleep for the night when his phone rang, and it was Lyle. Perry asked, like, you know, what happened? Lyle told him that they got lost driving, which seems like such a stupid excuse. Yeah, it's tough to
1: find your way to Santa Monica. (laughs)
2: Lao said that he still wanted to meet and suggested the cheesecake factory. Perry said no, he was already in bed, but Lao got really pushy about it, and Perry's like fine Talk about an overrated place. I fucking hate cheesecake Terrible. factory. Terrible. it's so expensive. I'm not sure I've ever eaten at a cheesecake factory.
0: I took it though as they were just going to hang out at the bar. I assume. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just know, saying it sucks. Hey, <laughs> Hey,
1: I agree. Cheesecake Factory is awful.
0: I'm trying to think if I've ever been to one. There's not a lot near us. Uh, is there a Farallon?
2: I don't think so. Crocker, Crocker Park,
0: Park, Park. Yeah, I'm not
2: going the fuck out there. No. Is there, there's not one Legacy. Is that what you just said? No, I said Farallon. Uh, legacy Village. Is there one out there? I don't know. Like
0: in my mind, then based on that, like I put, um, like, is it, like, would you put, like, Cheesecake Factory with, like, a P.F. Chang's type? Like, they try to be the higher end of, like, the... Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, they're, they're a notch above the Applebee's and the TGI Fridays. Yeah. They try to be the higher end uh, chain places. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have been to P.F. Chang's. I didn't hate it. That was the first place I had tofu, yeah, yeah. and that was pretty decent.
2: I don't like it there. I don't no?
1: think it's all that good.
0: I, I I didn't think it was terrible, but I think I've I'm not, you know, clamoring to go back.
2: Agree. Before Perry could get fully dressed, Lau called back and said that they needed to go back home real quick to get Eric's fake ID so he could drink. Again, really pushy about it. Like you have to do what I'm saying right now. Are we building an alibi? Is that what we're doing here? It seems like it. Yeah. Perry gets to the cheesecake factory and he's waiting outside until 11:30 p.m. Now he's super pissed because they got him out of bed to go here and they no showed him a second time. Fuck
1: yeah! Now I'm stuck at this shitty restaurant Dude, by myself. He was I already just in, to be in bed.
2: I'd be pissed. Yes. <laughs> I would have never got out of bed. Like fuck you, Lyle. So Perry was like, "Fuck this!" and he was driving to their house to see what was going on. Kicked their ass. While Perry was driving to confront Lyle and Eric, a call came in to 911 at 11:47 p.m.
4: That really an emergency? Yes, please. Uh... What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> What's the problem? I'm <laughs> <laughs> kill do do my parents. <laughs> <Pardon> me? <Don't... laughs> what? Who? Are they still there? Yes! Yeah. The people. Oh, no, no! <laughs> were they shot? Mm. Eh, Matt, do! Uh, were they shot? Yes! Yeah. They were shot? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Matt! Stay down, Matt! do! I have a hysterical person now, I'm trying to get a smoother. I don't that's too funny. <laughs> Is the person still there? Okay.
3: What happened? We have you in What happened? Who shot who?
4: And
3: came home and found who shot.
4: Yeah, you. You know what? They're still in the house. The people that did the shooting. Get okay. Okay, hey, uh, let me talk to Eric.
3: Let me, let me, who is the person that was shot? My mom and my dad. Your mom and dad? My mom and my
4: dad.
3: Okay, hold on a second.
1: <laughs> okay, we're on our way over there with an the ambulance. Okay, let's okay. go. <laughs> oh. Hello, this is the police department. Yes.
3: Yeah. Okay, I want you to come outside okay, come out the front door never and brother. my
1: brother seems a little phony belonging <clears throat> hmm,
0: interesting take i'm I'm learning all this for the first time. I have not heard that before yeah, it seems contrived <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe I mean, I don't know how I'd react in that situation mm. I any mean, could be they could be distraught, yeah, yeah. They were very coddled their whole life. They never had to experience any sure, trauma sure. or well, maybe they have based on what they'll say, but sure. Sounds contrived. They have me. not had a lot of problems it seems like in their
1: life. I think that's fair.
2: Most of the hysterical stuff like all that in the background that's um that's Eric yeah. doing all that. Regardless of what you think that they did, I I you know fast forwarding a little bit I, I think Eric is genuinely upset about this whole thing. Struggled with what happened, no matter what it is. Right. So how that 911 call ended with the police telling Eric and Lyle to come out of the house. When police arrived, they both just came running out of the house, screaming and crying. They ran through the front gate, fell near the street. Eric was completely uncontrollable, hitting his head off trees and stuff, while Lyle was screaming at him to calm down. At this point, all the police could get out of the brothers was that they saw smoke in the house, opened up the French doors to the living room, and saw Jose and Kitty shot to death. Get into the initial investigation and processing the crime scene. Investigators found that around 10 p.m. that night, a high school-aged girl was outside waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up. They, she was, uh, lived in a house close to the Menendez's mansion. She watched as a small car pulled up and parked in front of the Menendez mansion and two men got out of the car. One of them walked around to the trunk while the other one walked towards the house. She didn't think anything of it. She just turned around, stopped looking that way, stayed waiting for her boyfriend.
1: It'd probably mob hit men in their, what, Toyota Corolla?
2: Small car? Sounds right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> On the inside of the house, in the actual crime scene, Investigators found that Jose and Kitty had been relaxing on the couch. And, and this is all the police's version of things. Okay. This is what they put together, that Jose and Kitty had been relaxing on the couch watching The Spy Who Loved Me.
1: Oh, second Bond movie of the night. Nice. A lot of Bond references yeah. tonight. That might be my favorite James Bond movie. Hmm.
2: It's a good My one.
0: favorite is Golden Eye for Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Play that all the time. <laughs> One of these days, I'll watch one.
0: I don't think I could ever live up to the video game, so I might just keep with that. There's no way one of those movies could be as good as that video game. Stop it. No way. It's ridiculous. I'd be bored the whole time. Like, motherfucker, go this way. I know that's where you get the body armor, and it helps your health get back up.
2: Jose was at one end of the couch with his feet up on the coffee table, and Kitty was laying under a blanket on the couch with her head on Jose's lap. A few family members testified that they had seen Jose and Kitty holding hands for the first time since college. So maybe Jose was loosening up a bit or at least trying to. Yeah. Not everything about Jose was terrible. 99% of it was, but there was a couple good things. Well, give the guy a break, Ian. 1%.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quick question, though. How do they know that's what they were doing, given what's about to happen?
2: The movie was playing still on the TV Mm -hmm. um, and then the way that their bodies were found. Okay.
0: I'll ask my question again in a minute.
2: Investigators surmised that the two men entered through the French doors, which the entrance to the living room was behind the couch. The men then walked around the couch directly in front of Jose and Kitty and each just started firing a 12-gauge Mossberg shotgun. The pellets from the first two shots hit Jose in both his arms and shattered the glass on the French doors behind the couch. One of the men then walked behind the couch and put the barrel of the shotgun to the back of Jose's head and pulled the trigger. While that was going on, evidence showed that Kitty stood up and began to turn away from the firing before being hit in the right arm and leg. At that point, she fell between the coffee table and the couch.
0: So that's what I mean. How do they know that they were, like, snuggling... Her body was found on the floor.
1: Maybe there was imprints in the couch or something that they could deduce that she yeah. was laying in his lap.
2: It's
1: a good question
2: because he—he okay. he is in the in the crime scene photos. He is sitting where they, you know, yeah, he's still sitting. He well, I don't think that makes it. a difference in the
0: story. I was just asking how they knew that they were like holding hands and like she was laying on
4: his yeah, lap. Yeah,
2: I wonder if it's also the way that she got up because a lot of her movements are from like her stepping in blood and slipping and okay. they could tell the
1: path she took yeah. to get yeah. to where she they found her
2: kitty stood up from so she fell between the coffee table and the couch and she stood up and tried to get away but she was hit with another shot that knocked her back down kitty was shot multiple times brutal up close shots like there was one that broke her leg into a 45 degree angle Oof. but she still wasn't dead Kitty was still breathing. The killers had ran out of ammo, but they had more in the car. One of them ran out and grabbed a box of birdshot shells to reload with because they didn't have buckshot to use. Once they reloaded, one of the killers put the barrel of his gun right up against Kitty's face and pulled the trigger. The next injuries, we'll debate them later on, but in law enforcement's eyes, before leaving the killer shot Jose and Kitty above the knees, which is a mob-style tactic. It was called, they called it kneecapping. It's a red flag for law enforcement because they knew for a fact that those wounds to the knees weren't the first shots. Kneecapping would be something that you would do to immobilize someone and torture them. Yeah. You know, you're not going to.
1: It's not a kill shot. Right.
2: You're not doing that on the way out. Yeah. And that's what these were. Hmm. Clue number one. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: Take a moment to think about a relationship in your life that took a lot of work. What did you do to make the relationship what it is today? Did you spend time working on yourself, or did you put effort into working on the relationship? A common misconception about relationships is that they must be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether it be with your friends. Colleagues, significant other, or really, anyone. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that putting in the work to improve yourself will also help improve your relationships. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And who wouldn't want to have a relationship with the best version of you? If you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Improve yourself and improve your relationships. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Necro.
2: Lyle and Eric weren't considered suspects at first. Investigators could have tested their hands for shotgun residue on the spot, but they didn't. The brothers agreed to go down to the station to answer some questions without a lawyer. Present. What?
4: What?
2: what are you boys doing? Come on. Bad
0: idea. They must not listen to Necronomod. <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Come on, fellas.
2: The the shotgun residue thing is such a a hindsight being twenty twenty because the case would have been solved right in that moment. Yeah.
1: They're Beverly Hills white boys. That's not going to happen.
2: Yeah. Eric was only in there for about 20 minutes. He was still uncontrollably crying, so Lyle pretty much answered everything and was really calm about it. Both brothers, again, said that seeing the smoke made them open up the French doors to find their parents murdered, which confused investigators because they couldn't find anything that would have caused smoke besides the shotguns when they were being fired. But that smoke wouldn't have hung around long. When asked for thoughts on what could have caused this to happen or who could have been responsible, Lyle said the mob that Jose dealt with a lot of shady people in the music industry, including a lot of elements involving organized crime. Yeah. The following day investigators started to get suspicious of Lyle and Eric. The first thing was at 6 a.m. the day after the murder, such so as like seven or so hours, Lyle and Eric came back for their tennis gear, which police thought was weird. It's so quick afterwards, and then, you know, after finding their parents brutally murdered, and also the fact that the tennis bags were in the room where Jose and Kitty had been killed, and Lyle was willing to go back in that room to get them. You know, police are like, typically, (laughs) you wouldn't want to be in the same room as a brutal murder had happened just hours before
1: let alone going out and playing tennis
0: getting your tennis bag in the same room bloodstains still all over these guys are dipshit yeah dumb
1: just very coddled yeah they don't really understand how the real world works
0: and on top of that maybe emotionally stunted if there was some of that hardcore abuse that we'll get into going on Mm yeah But, yeah, very, no common sense.
1: When your father's able to buy your way out of anything, I, I think you kind of feel invincible. You're like, the cops aren't looking at us. We can do whatever we want. So let's yeah. go play some fucking tennis. They, don't, Just, they again, don't think it's us.
0: Living in that bubble.
4: Yeah.
1: Surely they won't look at us. Exactly.
0: They're out looking for
1: mob hitmen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was the mob really involved in the music industry back in this time? Like, I, I've never really heard that. Maybe with like Sinatra, you hear about his connections, but like, this is like the what 80, 89, 90. Yeah. What
2: do, I don't know. I mean, I'm it sure there's possible. some. Martin Scorsese has never
0: made a movie about that. So I don't think that's, a, that exists because that is where my knowledge comes from. It's a valid question. Yeah. Or was it just something because I'm what I'm getting to is was Lyle just like, oh, we'll just blame it on that. And, you know, I read a book and we'll shoot him in the kneecaps and so they'll think it's the sure, mob and sure. we'll say that, you know, he was dad was a powerful man. Of course, he was tied to the mob.
2: Well, it, this was a big deal in Beverly Hills because this doesn't happen. It sure we're it was. A, yeah. we're it's the, a very odd spot for like the mob to just roll up. Well, to, we're a top CEO of a company like live entertainment just gets fucking blown away by shotguns. Yeah. So people were freaking out. Yeah, and there were a lot We have to of, lock
0: our doors at night <laughs> and our front gates and the gate to our neighborhood. Yeah. What?
2: <laughs> but there was a lot of uh like interviews with top executives from all these companies and they're like there are no mob ties that we're aware of in the in the music industry. Yeah. Like they were really trying to shut that <clears throat> that narrative down
0: live was did you say who did you say like everybody in
2: life. in hollywood mm. all those top executives and mm.
0: yeah they're trying to cover their asses like oh we would never disrespect the mob like that <laughs> sure, <laughs> we respect them they respect us we stay in our lane they stay in theirs we don't want to get
1: kneecapped please don't kneecap people. <laughs> 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 oh! <laughs> mafia mics on the scene <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: Oh, I'm going to take your fucking kneecaps. <laughs> now I'm in charge alive. Oh, it's <laughs> St. car posse. They're not signed to a deal. Oh, <laughs> you look at the sausage. <laughs> See, that's what you say after you just, you, you shoot them and then you make breakfast the next day and you say, okay. look at the sausage I made.
2: The other big thing that the police got suspicious of was the money. The brothers were spending tons of money, more so Lyle than Eric, but it was a huge red flag for law enforcement. Get into the estate for a second. Jose owned a house in Calabasas that no one ever lived in, and then the Beverly Hills mansion. He had 330,000 shares of live entertainment stocks, which at the time were valued at $20 per share. share. Mm. Throw in the cars he owned, everything was worth $14 million. That didn't include life insurance policies both Eric and Lyle received an immediate $250,000 payout from insurance. And then there would be more to figure out with life insurance in the future as everything got settled. But they got this immediate payout. Yeah,
1: For carrying costs, you know, just to get
2: you by mm-hmm. for a little bit. It'll last about a week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Four days after... Jose and Kitty's murders. Jose's personal life insurance paid out $650,000, and Lyle and Eric went out shopping. But like we said, mainly Lyle. Lyle wanted a new Rolex for the funeral. Lyle wanted a new Rolex for the funeral, and he insisted that Eric bought one too. So $17,000 for two Rolexes and two money clips to match. You can't buy a Rolex on a money clip. Yeah, Come on. Obviously. What are you new? They need to match. <laughs> which this this initial purchase that gets brought up i i don't know that i see a problem with it like they've been raised in this bubble where everything is appearances appearances mean more than anything yeah and if you believe them you're they're abused into the appearances meaning everything so if they're like yeah he would want us to fucking look good like we're not going to go to this thing with old Rolexes, we're right. going with new right. ones. Of
1: course,
0: you have to. Right, but and, it, and then if you throw that though with everything else, well, then yeah, it's it, like it builds. Okay, <laughs> if it stopped there, sure, right, I get that.
1: But it's not only that; it's the the fact that you don't have any common sense to think it might raise a flag with police. You just you yeah, don't even consider it, dude. Rolexes pick up checks.
0: <laughs> going to a funeral, your funeral crashing, not mm.
1: crashing, but funeral
0: <laughs> funeral picking up. Picking up girls, You get that sadness, poon. You're like, oh, yeah. pity, pity, poon. pity, pity, poon, pity, poon. pity poon. poon. Get that pity, poon. You give one of those like nine one one call type cries, and yeah, the girls yeah. are like, oh, let me, let me nuzzle you in my bosom.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> your pussy? My, my got <laughs> <killed>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then it makes you look better. You got that new yeah. Rolex and a, a money clip to boot yeah, that matches.
1: Yeah, yeah. What time is it? Uh, (laughs) Let me look at my Rolex. It's time to fuck.
2: (laughs) And again, a little credit to Eric, I think. Uh, Something that shows that he doesn't want to, uh, that he had some reservations about this stuff. Lyle's Rolex was like the bulk of that purchase. It was all fucking Mm. super fancy. Eric settled for a stainless steel one. Oh, well. What a guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm trying I, to get Barry so a little I re- like, stainless steel Rolex like as well. That
0: also with the car we're going to talk about that he buys. Like he just goes for like, I'm going to take something nice, but not great.
2: I'm not getting out of hand with this. Yeah. <laughs> While on the other hand, he's going to
0: be a decent upper middle class
4: man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the following day on August 25th, 1989, a very large and expensive memorial service was held for Jose and Kitty at the Director's Guild of America in Los Angeles. Who put that together? Uh, live entertainment. Right, I would say these guys didn't. No, no, that was live entertainment. They wouldn't know how the fuck to do that. Yeah. Lyle and Eric showed up an hour late, and their demeanors were very opposite. Eric's face was all red and swollen, like he had been up all night crying, while Lyle was completely calm and just mingled with family and business associates of Jose. <laughs> Three days later, a traditional church service was held at University Chapel in Princeton. Lau spoke for between 20 and 30 minutes about how wonderful their parents were that they had lost, and Eric was too upset and crying to speak. There was also a third memorial service What is this guy, Jesus? Three services? (laughs) Um, That one... Lyle and Eric completely skipped. They did oh. not go to that. And their reasoning was that they were just too emotionally tapped out. Yeah. They couldn't do another. Who was holding the third one? Can't Look, remember. If I don't think I could
0: do thir- three funerals either if it was for two, a, twos a lot. That, yeah.
1: Yeah, you just need one. Yeah, this one's good. Not that special.
0: What are you, fucking Catholic? You got two full days of this <laughs> shit? You know how many of those I've been to? It's crazy. It's exhausting. What's the two? Oh, like the wake and the the, whole calling hours. And there's a service. And I say this as a, uh, you know, raised Catholic. Sure. It's like two. And then the day of the funeral, you have like that little service at the funeral home before. And then you go to the church and then you have the ceremony. And then from the ceremony, you go to the the grave site and then you have a little service there. And then you go back to the funeral home and that's where you have your luncheon. Yeah, it's a lot. And that's after the, you know, six hours or so at the calling hours you did the day before that usually ends with a little service didn't they used to have two days of
1: calling hours? i remember that as well
0: yeah you would do like like a a friday night and then like a saturday evening and like a sunday would be like the funeral yeah
1: like so three days oh
0: too much that's a lot like just cremate me and be done and and it's just emotionally taxing too like if that's your close loved one like have to to have to like do that, like that extra morning for yeah. three straight days it's a lot. You kind of just want to have the funeral and then move on, like try to get past that and and not have that burden on you for three days. And those people coming up and comforting you and, you know, having to relive it over and over and over. Yeah. It's a lot for me, at least. If some people enjoy that, you know, or, or that helps them more and fine. But my experience, that is too much.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. A couple of days later, Lyle and Eric met with top people at Live Entertainment to talk about the life insurance policy that Jose had through the company. Remember, Live had a $5 million policy to be paid out to Lyle and Eric in the event that Jose died. And Live also had their $15 million policy on Jose. Turns out Jose never got the physical required for the $5 million policy, so the insurance company didn't have to pay out. So everybody alive was really happy. They saved $5 million on that, and then that $15 million insurance policy gave them the most profitable quarter they've ever had. I bet it did. Damn. Couldn't even get the physical, Jose. Jesus. He probably didn't think his sons were going to kill him. Probably not. <laughs> probably
1: not. Probably, probably thought he had a
2: little more time to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kitty knew. She suspected. She She thought something was up we talked about it just a minute ago but the idea of there being some level of organized crime behind the murders had everybody in the entertainment industry scared and lyle and eric decided that it was too dangerous for them to live in the mansion so live entertainment paid for the brothers to stay at the bel-air hotel for five days while something more permanent was figured out that bill ended up being eight thousand and eight hundred dollars after limo rides and all that (laughs) stuff limo they found two connected apartments in Marina Del Rey to move into. Lyle's was two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars a month and Eric's was two thousand four hundred and fifty a month.
1: All right, not crazy.
2: But we're also talking eighty-nine money. Sure, sure. So I don't know what the the conversion rate is like. That You're we're also at.
1: talking Marina Del Rey though.
2: Doesn't seem overly
1: opulent. <laughs> <laughs> like these boys are used to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: A little bit of a step down. I would think Still so. Still very nice, but a yeah, little bit of a step
1: down. Exactly. They're slumming it for a little bit. They're slumming they it. They appear to be slumming it. <laughs> Air- well, their dad fucked them. He didn't get the physical, right? They were but do you think he probably payday. did that on
0: purpose, too? A little bit? Because he was already debating not well, I mean, maybe in- giving them money. So maybe he was just like, oh, I'm going to hold off a little bit and think about this.
1: But in his mind, it would have been kitty that got the five million dollars because it's unlikely they both would have been killed so if anything he got killed it would have been kitty is the beneficiary so yeah. he shows you how but much did he
0: even want her to have he it gave or a shit
1: about her he couldn't even be bothered to get a physical for yeah. a free five million dollar policy i mean it
0: certainly didn't yeah. seem like they had the greatest relationship so yeah jerk what a jerk <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> what
2: a real jerk eric shifted all of his focus into tennis He hired a professional tennis coach to just coach him one on one every day for tennis. Uh, It was like seventy thousand dollars a year (laughs) or something like that. While on the other hand, hired bodyguards to protect him from the mob and was out shopping every day. Twenty four thousand dollars in new stereo equipment, thousand dollars in suits, which he would try on and ask his bodyguards what they thought, like if you know what they looked like on. How does my butt look in these? <laughs> the bodyguards later testified that it was more like Lyle was palling around with them than them protecting him. Then on September 4th, 1989, Lyle abruptly told his bodyguards that he didn't need their services anymore. He told them that his uncle had worked out a deal with the mob and both brothers were now safe from any harm.
1: Oh, thank goodness. Whew. I was worried about those boys. <laughs> 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 Did his uncle confirm this? Uh, no. Do we even know what uncle?
2: Uh, no. Okay. I'm not aware.
1: Hmm. I'm aware of no such corroboration <laughs> from any uncle, alive or dead, in this situation.
0: I'm starting to think this wasn't the mob. Hmm. Really? <laughs>
2: I have questions. Lyle had been traveling back and forth from Princeton to Beverly Hills nonstop, and he was trying to set up an investment company. He was going to call it Menendez Investment Enterprises. But because it's all about appearances, Lyle figured owning an investment firm meant that you should be driving a pretty sweet car. So he bought a $64,000 Porsche.
1: <laughs> Did Lyle have any securities licenses or any experience running an investment firm or? No. Oh, okay.
2: It's just one of those things like I'm just Yeah. He was he's, like he's I'm, I'm going to do this yeah. today. Yeah. He's rich, he's going
0: to do
1: it. Okay.
2: Lyle got a bunch of his friends together and offered them positions at his new investment venture. (laughs) He then rented out an office for $3,000 a month and had it furnished like super fancy, like this decked out office. Nothing ever came of it. No one ever (laughs) worked. Goofball. We talked about it on part one, but what Lyle really wanted to do more than any of this stuff that he had been forced into was to run a restaurant. That was his big thing right out of high school, and Jose told him no. Yeah. He planned to buy an already existing restaurant.
1: Smart. This guy doesn't have the greatest ideas, so maybe you should hop into something that's already working out.
0: That's thus far in two parts probably the smartest idea he's made. (laughs) (laughs) It's not saying a lot, because it's still a dumb idea to just jump into the restaurant business.
2: When you know nothing
0: about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's saying, I mean, that kind of sets the picture for... The Just, fact that That's the smartest thing he's decided yes. to do.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> so he started looking around the Princeton area and decided that he was going to buy Teresa's pizza. Lau rolled in there all arrogant like, here, you'll accept whatever offer that I offer to buy you.
0: You look at the sausage. He <laughs> <laughs> offered them sausage? Sure.
2: <laughs> <sir>? The <laughs> owner told Lau to go fuck himself. Of course like, he did. Get mm. out of here. Hmm. Dork. Get out of my pizza shop. <laughs> So Lau tried again with Chuck Spring Street Cafe, whose claim to fame was Buffalo Wings. This time, Lau made sure that he wasn't going to get shut down and he offered the owner well over what it was worth and paid $550,000. Lau and Eric had been spending so much of this money, but this purchase was too much. So they took out a loan on Jose's estate that would be paid back once everything was finalized with Jose's will. Which, their uncles were aware of this. Their their uh, one uncle, Carlos Baralt, helped them finance that loan against the estate. Um, but he also had found Jose's 1980 will that said everything was in Lyle and Eric's name. But he knew that Jose had planned on writing them out of the will. So there was an effort going on to find Jose's updated will calls being put out to like every lawyer they could think of yeah, in really he might have gone mm. yeah I'm
1: not sure why they're financing this if they believe there's a chance that they could invalidate the will and these boys get nothing
2: I'm not sure how smart that is I didn't even know that you could take a loan out against an estate yeah that's probably
1: pretty complicated
2: this is rich people yeah. things, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, this is sure. about my paycheck. I'm not in yeah. this tax bracket to yeah, have yeah, these yeah. conversations right. with a
0: loan office.
2: <laughs> Take a loan out against my estate. It's like fucking yeah. two weed vapes and some Pokemon cards. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> How much do you think I get for that, I got Mr. A good, Mr. Loan Office. I got a good collection of
0: ball caps <laughs> and presidential biographies. <laughs> and that
2: is it. Wild changed almost everything about Chucks, besides the wings, and he even changed the name, calling it Mister Buffaloes.
4: <laughs> Everybody
2: in the area is like, "Don't do that," because Chucks is a very well-established name in this college yeah, area. Like, brand don't identity. Mister Buffaloes is a
0: stupid fucking name too. Chucks is way better. Mister
1: Buffaloes. Hi, I'm Mr. Buffalo. Yeah, it's <laughs> dumb.
0: It's very,
2: very gimmicky. Yeah.
1: You want a wing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Lyle wasn't having it. He, uh, he went ahead and changed the name. He had plans to open a location near UCLA and a bunch around New Jersey. But Lyle didn't understand the restaurant business, and he was losing a ton of money. Eric made an attempt to follow Lyle into a business venture, and wanted to get into promoting concerts. He found a promoter and invested $40,000, but that person just disappeared with the money, and Eric decided that business wasn't for him and went back to tennis. (laughs) Oh, boy, these guys.
1: They're lost, Ian. They're lost. They don't know what to do. Lost boys. Lost boys.
2: I think Eric is a lost boy, not so much Lyle. I think Lyle Mm -hmm. is just doing doing Lyle stuff. It depends how you (laughs) want to look at the story. (laughs) Yeah. Y- yeah.
0: You know, if you think he's fucking guilty, then yeah, he's just a piece of shit and he's just trying to get away with whatever he can while he can. If he le- le- literally or legitimately lost his parents, maybe he is a little bit of a lost boy. At this time, I don't believe that,
1: but. I think that's fair. That's
2: By the end of October of 1989, both brothers had spent well over a million dollars, with Lyle being responsible for the majority of it investigators were just watching them spend seemingly not grief for their parents. And they definitely weren't interested in finding who killed their parents.
1: The, the thing about this is it's only two months since their parents were
2: killed. Yeah. You think we're talking like a year? Exactly. This is very fast. Yeah. There's no
1: grieving. There's no wrapping up matters of the estate and kind of plotting our next move. How we're going to move forward in this new different world of ours. It's headfirst into moving on. Let's try to do this stuff that Jose was blocking us from mm-hmm. doing before, being our own men type of thing. It's a little odd. It's very accelerated. and It is. But if if there was the abuse that I think
0: we're probably going to get into that you've hinted at next week, maybe is that part of it? Or is it just, you know, they fucking killed their parents and they're moving on? Yeah, it's.
1: I think it's all in how you view what happened. Yeah. What you believe is true and what you don't believe it's true regardless just to keep up appearances though you would you'd want to chill for a year i don't know you
0: would think if you if you did it yeah you would try to kayfabe that a little bit right and even if you didn't do it this the and if you didn't it would do play, it it'd probably be a little tougher than it is showing probably yeah, yeah at least for lyle
2: yeah yeah you should not be buying half million dollar restaurants Two months after Two months!
4: Your-
2: <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Friends of Lyle's were starting to get suspicious as well that there might be a real chance that the brothers were responsible for the murder of their parents. Lyle had told one of his friends, Glenn Stevens, that back on August 31st, he had paid a computer technician to look for and erase any mention of the word will from Jose's home computer. We will 100% be talking about this during the trial. In part three but for now Glenn told the police about this so now they wanted to talk to Eric <laughs> yeah, again but on October 24th 1989 investigators interviewed Eric at the Menendez mansion in Beverly Hills in that interview Eric said that he didn't love how much money Lyle was spending and specifically said that Lyle was starting to act just like Jose investigators told Eric that it looked like Lyle was manipulating him and if Eric didn't stop it, then there wasn't going to be any inheritance left for him. Which I don't necessarily think that that was the police trying to drive a wedge in between them. I mean, I think it was to some degree, but I think it's a pretty good assessment of what was happening. Yeah. While was gonna spend everything.
0: I think it was probably that, but also like a little bit of like, hey, we can help you yeah. if you help us. And especially like, when tell us
2: what we want to know. Yeah, and especially when he starts saying that. Lyle's acting just like Jose did
0: yeah like they found their in like okay we can break
2: this guy like we
0: can get what we need out of him
2: yep they then told Eric that they were aware that Lyle had hired someone to delete anything that talked about a will off of Jose's computer Eric left that meeting panicking he tried to call Lyle multiple times who was out in Princeton but he got no answer this meeting with investigators ate away at Eric for a week and finally without being able to get a hold of lyle eric reached out to his therapist dr ozeal on october 31st there are three different ways that this next part of the story is told we'll get into the other two on part three during the trial but for now eric got to ozeal's office and asked if they could go on a walk around beverly hills for a while and talk outside ozeal asked eric to open up about depression and the thoughts of suicide that he had been having which Eric did. When they got close to being back at Ozeal's office, Eric leaned against a parking meter and blurted out, quote, we did it. We killed our parents.
1: Shocking turn of events. Mm. Yeah. Never saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know. I tried to write it like kayfabe.
1: <laughs> we all know what happened here.
0: <laughs> and this is per who? Dr. Ozeal? So... Or am I jumping? If I'm jumping ahead, let me know.
2: No, you're fine. Because I already said there's three different ways to tell this. So all three of the ways start out exactly like this. Mm-hmm. That Eric did lean. And Eric said that he leaned against the parking meter. meter and said, we killed our parents. Everybody agrees on that part. It's how the rest of it plays out. Okay. There's, so that,
0: everyone agrees, happened.
2: Right. Yes. Almost like he's getting it off his chest. He is definitely getting it off. He's burdening chest. himself. Yeah, he couldn't take it, and Lyle probably should have recognized that his little brother was not having a good time with any of this. Kept an eye on him. Yeah, not ignore Without him for being a week. In New Jersey. But then what's what we're about to get into? Then is just scuzzy by Oziel. Oh, Ozeal is not a good person at yeah. all. He's
0: he's like, oh, get well, your brother here. Let's talk more about this. <laughs>
2: And that's where I'm not gonna
0: call the police or do anything about it
2: <laughs> to yeah. help the situation. So that's that's the spoiler alert or uh, or but that's the stuff we're gonna talk about next week. Is like Ozeal said will say that he when Lyle shows up, he was threatened and Lyle's like, Okay, well you're gonna shut up or we're gonna kill you. Eric and Lyle say that never happened. Okay. And then there's a lot of questionable stuff about Dr. O'Zeal oh. with his uh His ethics what he's willing to do okay back inside the office Eric told Ozil about the billionaire boys club TV series he said that he and Lyle had watched it together and afterwards they talked about how much they hated Jose for the fact that he controlled every aspect of their lives was abusive and now he was gonna cut them out of the will influenced by the show the brothers began to contemplate the idea of killing Jose however they didn't want to kill Kitty if she didn't die with Jose, then the brothers still weren't going to get any money. At that point, Ozil stopped Eric and told him to call Lyle. That Lyle should be there for this conversation. Ozil called Lyle. Lyle was in Beverly Hills at the time, so he rushed to Ozil's office. Like, what? You know, shut up, Eric. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but Eric just kept talking.
1: It's right on the order, May. Uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Eric talked about their trip to San Diego to buy the shotguns cleaning up the shotgun shells and not being concerned about fingerprints since the crime scene was at their house. After the cleanup, Lyle, with Eric giving directions, drove Eric's car along Mulholland Drive, which was a quiet road going from the Pacific Ocean to the San Fernando Valley. Eric was going to throw up and told Lyle to stop. At that point, they hid the shotguns under some brush in a nearby canyon. Following this, they went to a gas station to throw away their bloodstained clothes, shoes, and the shell casings in a dumpster. All of that stuff we talked about earlier with the movies, the Cheesecake Factory, all of that was the brothers scrambling to come up with an alibi. But it wasn't working out. So they went back home and called 911. The other thing they initially thought, too, is that because they were in Beverly Hills, there was no crime there, pretty much. Sure. That when they're firing off shotguns the police would just show up that somebody would call and the police would come and they would be there like oh my god somebody fucking did this whatever they sat there for a while nobody called the police so then they're like oh well let's try this Mm. to build an alibi so they built the whole alibi thing that wasn't working out so then they went home to Call nine one one on themselves. These
1: guys aren't the best at planning a murder. I
2: don't believe they
0: are not. They don't seem to be. Mm-mm.
1: Thus far, if one
0: is to believe, they did it.
2: Oh, they did it. We know that. Like they admit it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. yeah. There's no. Doubt Th- this about confession. Oh, okay. This. So this confession here is a real it's, confession. I see. It's just how do you believe the rest of this plays out, and then. Maybe we talked about this last week. Yeah, like what then, what it then it's. Yeah.
0: Did what were the rationale behind it? Were they saving themselves type thing? Was right. the abuse as bad? Okay.
2: Yep. So as Dr. O'Zeal was sitting there listening to Eric confess to the murders, O'Zeal's mistress, Judalon Smith, was outside the door listening. And that's where we'll pick back them on part three.
1: What kind of secure office space is uh, O'Zeal running here.
2: He's running a very interesting operation, <laughs> especially with uh, the added element of Judalon Smith. Good Lord. Because she has her version of events. That's why I said this is... There's, mm. yeah, everything yeah. gets really fucking muddy from here on out. It's quite a story.
0: Ian, anything else? Any, any final thoughts from part two of what you found?
2: I'm looking forward to talking about all this stuff in part three the trial yeah. stuff.
0: I feel like part three is gonna be a real long episode, like a big, there's thick, gonna be a robbing episode.
2: Yeah. There's, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> when you put it that way, fellow, <laughs> there's gonna be a a lot of debate on if we believe that they're telling the truth. What warrants, you know? You said at the start of the series that your opinion changed from when you came into this to when you started doing your investigatories yeah like if we would have covered this at the beginning of Necro, I probably would have thought differently than I do now mm. because there has been some new stuff coming out. Yeah. The last five yeah. years then, recent updates. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get into both sides of the defense, the prosecution. We'll get into the toupee next week. I thought we were going to talk about the toupee tonight.
1: Toupee or not toupee? That was the question. (laughs) The answer was to not toupee.
0: Was that on air that we talked about dressing up like that for Halloween? Or was that off air? I don't remember.
2: (laughs) Now it's on air. (laughs) You could be a Menendez brother. They have black hair. Yeah,
0: but I'm not shaving my beard. I can't do that. And I can't expose my fat face. We need talk about this on the internet.
1: Good wigs. Remember when Doctor Phil had the guy from Bum Fights on? <laughs> yeah, him, and he, he went on with the like, Doctor Phil bald wig.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and so questioned
1: Doctor <laughs>
0: Phil on the exact thing he was being questioned on.
2: <laughs> uh, Doctor Phil shot that fucking thing down. Awesome. <laughs> He's like, you need you just need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That bum fights guy's a piece of shit. But that, he he is, of course. That was so fun. That was funny though. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> the picture's just fucking hilarious. He shaved his head and <laughs> just got the same haircut and mustache. <laughs> That's
1: genius level there.
4: <laughs>
0: All right. Anything else on this one? We good?
1: No. I think we'll reserve judgment for next week. I have some thoughts. We'll see. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, we'll talk about it next week too. But I, I keep going back and forth on, yeah, certain parts. I always like these trial of the century ones too because there's like these just characters that are part of these trials all the time. Yeah. Like OJ had Cato Kalen <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Right. <laughs> this one now has Doctor Oziel and Judalon Smith. Like interesting names too. Like Cato Kalen always, of yeah. course. Judalon Smith, yeah.
0: Wasn't Cato the one driving the, the Bronco? No. Who was that? Al Collings. Oh. Stopped at McDonald's, right?
2: That was Cato. Oh, okay. That's the night of the murders. Yeah. yeah. He drove O.J. to get Big Macs. Hungry. Okay.
0: Mm. All that killing makes a man hungry.
2: Yeah. Had to set up his alibi with Cato.
0: Yeah. I hope he enjoyed all that bread that comes on a Big Mac. <laughs> All right. uh, Before we jump into Patreon, I uh, have a quick shout out to Melissa from Georgia, who sent us a vintage Jimmy Carter. I'm assuming it's bootleg because Jimmy spelled uh, (laughs) J-I-M-M-I-E instead of J-I-M-M-Y. But it's a little uh, bobblehead type thing that you push down and his fucking peanut comes out <laughs> like a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, I don't have to explain it to our listeners. They're all well-educated to know Jimmy Far- uh, Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer uh, from Plains, Georgia. Yeah. So it's a it's a cool little novelty item. Thank you to Melissa for that. I posted it on my Instagram, so yeah. hopefully people get it. Yeah. It's a video, so make sure you watch the video. It's a slow motion video <laughs> of your 39th president getting an erection. <laughs> You should watch that.
1: Well, and also a uh, marijuana bag, Slick Willie, Bill Clinton marijuana. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, yeah. I got to look that up. I got all excited about the Jimmy stride. Carter
0: uh, <laughs> erection that I, I forgot about the Slick Willie bag. <laughs> she has got all kinds of uh, presidential, yeah, yeah. unofficial presidential merchandise down there. Unofficial. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for that. It's cool. We added it to
1: our little merch uh, shelf. Dave, what do you got? Thank you to new patrons, Terrell Rice, Lindsay Christopher, Queen S. Jess, Amy Angus. If she was in the military, she'd probably be a colonel. Colonel Angus. Colonel Angus. (laughs) Uh, Mike's new son, Alex. Don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see. uh, Hopefully he's 18. You're not getting child support, Bill. Don't love that one bit. Please unsubscribe. (laughs) Lisa L, Ethan Harvey, Nuked Bunny, Mike, Choke Me Like Bundy and Eat Me Like Dahmer. Okay. <laughs> Where and when?
0: And will your significant other be watching?
1: <laughs> Buster Muffin Half Jr. <laughs>
4: That's a good one.
1: His, apparently his dad was the original Buster yeah. Muffin Half. Was there
0: another Buster? That was his mom. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs>
1: Oh boy. Ren J. Remember when people just sign up for Patreon using their names? <laughs> Mrs. Hiltebrandt's assistant, Ms. Dildo. How's that spelled? D I L L, new word, D O E, Dildo. <laughs> That's gross. That's not even fun. John Fisher, Daniel Porter, Eric Brown, Sidra Tahir. Erica Franklin, Samantha Joy, Ryan Ashley, Angie Tibbs, Dion Hughie or Hughie, Lucid, all caps, Lucid, Mike, Steven Rash, Pernilla, Poops. Well, everybody poops. Mm. Pernilla really poops, apparently. <laughs> Zoe Gonzalez, Brooke Munson, Sophia Isabella. Captain Cumbeard of the Congealed Seaman Fleet. Gealed. (laughs) Gross. That's a gross word. (laughs) Jacob Chase, Bobog, Casey, Alicia Heather, Kenneth Hoover, Dylan Standiford, Tom Echo, Ian's Giggle makes me tickle. All
2: right.
1: (laughs) Codan Waring, Ophelia, Christina Trent. Joey Amanda Hall. Dick is 12 inches and smells like a foot. AKA Dixie Normus.
4: <laughs>
1: That's an old one. Yeah. That dude signed back.
0: <laughs> well, welcome back. <laughs> so or someone tough. poached
1: the poached that name. Yeah. I'm not sure. What, what, That's a weird thing to poach. What was it again? Dick is 12 inches and smells like a foot, aka Dixie Normous. <laughs> I'm a little
0: peeved. He left us for a while and mm, came back. Mm. Well, we're we not entertaining for you. Did we not
1: put out good content? <laughs> He's busy wearing how to tuck his wiener into <laughs> his pants. He didn't have time to listen Fuck to Fuck you, show. Mr. Enormous. <laughs> Mr. Hildebrandt, can I watch? I don't know what you're going to be watching. <laughs> Amanda Christensen, Chef Boyard Dave, Raider Princess. Rosie, 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 made Dave say my name three times. Mm. (laughs) Maya Parks, Liam J.H., William Sanborn, Michaela Carson, Kendra G., Hannah loves Mike more than Samantha loves Dave. Wow, now they're getting more people involved in this. That's something. Oh, did Samantha end up winning
0: the triple death cage match with know. barbed wire infused fire know. on the cage?
1: Whatever else we set up. I haven't heard from Samantha in a while. I don't know. Hopefully she's Well, still Hannah Hannah's now the new queen of the yeah, ring, it sounds yeah, like. She topped her. Hmm. Chelsea Rain. That's a poor name, huh? Chelsea that's, Rain. That's pretty hot That's name. pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is Rain speil- spelled R-A-Y-N-E? Yes, it is.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's a good name. May Gusta. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Kelly Easton. New patrons, thank you so much. And uh, welcome aboard. That's where all the fun stuff's at. This was the fucking gimmick name night. Jesus <laughs> Christ. He, we'll read your
0: names if you just sign up normally, too. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Ian, what do you got? He's Googling mm. che- Chelsea Rain on Pornhub. <laughs> I'll be <talking> <laughs> <about>. <laughs>
0: It would real bad if that's just her name, and we just now degraded her and made her
4: a porn star.
2: <laughs> Apologies, Miss Rain. Uh, for iTunes, I have one for course, course. I'm assuming that's <laughs> course. <It's in> a- <laughs> course, course, course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bootleg, goofy. We <laughs> save a lot, goofy over here.
2: W blue. Terry274 and Kate Clow. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews.
0: All right. Anything else on your end, Dave? No,
2: sir. That was it.
1: Okay.
0: Everything else to about talk about tonight? We good? We all caught up? I think we are. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at necronomapod Patreon.com slash necronomapod for all of the bonus content. necronomapod.com And Amazon.com for all of
3: our merch.
2: All right, you guys, very, very cool down, beer.
3: Cheers.